I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. Um, we've got an awesome show lined up for you. And, uh, you know, one of the things that constantly is on so many entrepreneurs' minds is how do I scale? How do I scale my business? How do I make sure that, like, I'm getting to that next level to where I want to be? And so today we're going to be talking about signs that you're ready to scale. Um, I'm honestly just talking for a few minutes before Dean gets here. I just saw him jumping off his horse. Oh, here he is sauntering into the studio. Welcome to the show. The bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one, the only Mr. Dean Holland. Ooh. Here we go. Without trumpet fanfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that because it's like the, uh, the DIY trumpet this week. <laughs> the budget version. <laughs> the budget version. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, I'm I'm on a uh, a skinny studio setup right now, as you know. Uh, just moved to Austin, Texas. Yeah, and my uh, my studio and the rest of my belongings are en route. Uh, so today I'm coming to you with a lighter touch, which means Dean has a do-it-yourself trumpet. <laughs> Well, no, it still uh, it still sounds very good, and I'm sure people arrive just for our good looks, our humor, mm-hmm. you know, just general charisma that oozes out of us rather than the studio quality. Right. Well, exactly. And and one thing that I didn't know before moving to Texas, like we we uh, we drove the car here. The rest, you know, stuff is being shipped, and the second the wheels crossed over into the Texas border the rest of my beard fell off and just left this mustache. It was the craziest thing. And then I looked down at my feet and I was already wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> right. Just um, like every week when we have a show, like is it, is it just going to develop more of like a handlebar shape and just begin to protrude down? If, if, uh, if I were in charge, I could tell you the answer to that. But the truth is <laughs> this thing just sort of has life of its own. And it's like Austin has it now. Like yeah, it's, it's in Austin's hands. Uh, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, so I don't know if it's going to go down. I don't know if it's just going to stay where it is. I don't even know. It could potentially, uh, you know, handlebar out to the side. Like there's interesting, really no telling. Um, we'll just have to see what happens, honestly. Well, if that's not a reason for everyone to keep tuning into the show, I don't know what is. I don't know. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> on the edge of their seat finding out what's going to happen with this mustache. Um <laughs> <laughs> but how was the move to Austin anyway? Did yeah, it was it was a the conversation there. It was it was awesome actually. Uh you know, we broke it up into a few days. I had uh had my bikes on the back and we went from Boise to a place called Moab, Utah, which is renowned for its bike trails and it's just oh, nice. absolutely beautiful like red rocks, mountains, the whole thing. And uh, the morning after we got in there, I went for a 15-mile bike ride before we kept going with the trip. And, uh, yeah, it was great. And then we drove down to Albuquerque, uh, spent the night with our friends uh, from Lady Boss, Brandon Kalen. And we had all we had all planned on being in uh, Austin for Memorial Day weekend together 
anyway. Right. So we just all drove the rest of the way together, and it was uh, oh nice. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun actually. That is awesome. And what 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 uh, what's the weather like in Austin when I when I visit? What should I expect? Is this a warm? constant warm place or is this rain or what's what's yeah so if i weren't um if i weren't afraid to say this i would say you should probably prepare to not wear any clothes because it's so really (laughs) yeah um but i don't want to put that idea in your head because it might just happen so (laughs) you know i guess go one upgrade from that like a toga perhaps right yeah you know a very light fabric linen type toga i think would serve you well here okay Um, fantastic It's, uh, it's sim- the temperature here, I guess, is similar to what you might imagine if you were in a spacecraft landing on the sun. Right. Um, okay. That's about where it is. <laughs> so, so just so I get, how does this compare with like Miami? I remember getting off the plane at Miami one time before we were going on a cruise and I was like, I don't know if I could live here. Like, yeah, I'd a- say, I'd say it's pretty close. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. The, you know, the summer months are obviously hot. The rest of the year is, you know, way more moderate. Um, and you know, we did, we did it the right way. We moved right in the heat of summer, um, just, you know, just like baptism by fire, literally. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, it's, it's toasty. It's toasty right now. It's definitely in like the, the mid nineties, uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know. You guys are crazy over there with your Celsius 27, 28, maybe something like that. Yeah. It's it's warm. Yeah, Yeah, that is warm. Well, there we go. We kicked off with, uh, just the travel, just the travel, just the weather. (laughs) <laughs> now uh just the mustache i think that's going to be a new segment on the show yeah uh, where it yeah. won't even be me but it will literally just be the mustache um <laughs> six months <laughs> from now literally just a giant <laughs> mustache showing doing, up <laughs> doing doing his thing and uh yad has already named the mustache uh his name is meacham and <laughs> meacham floy he has a first and last name so at some point meacham floy will just take over the show and I, i'll just sit back and eat popcorn and just kind of watch it with you. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <Yeah>. Sounds blissful. <laughs> so now that we've dispensed with an enormous amount of bullshit, um, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I wanted to really help people figure out how do they know when they're ready to scale? Like there's, I feel like there's so many people in the entrepreneurial world who are, are we scaling yet? We got to scale. Like, is that right. scalable? How's it going to scale? This whole thing. Um, and I think to a certain extent, a lot of people are talking about scaling without even really knowing what it means necessarily. Mm, um, and uh, and so I want to I want to give uh, give some advice to people to help them understand, like, well, how do you know if you're ready to scale? What does that even mean for you? And uh, what's up, Narvin uh, saying hello in the comments. Good to have Hi. you here. And, and so I think, you know, that's, that's a, uh, a, a big topic. I don't know that we're going to like squeeze everything into this show, but, uh, but I feel like scaling in general is a misused term or it's overused. Maybe, maybe we could say right. it that way. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. I think, um, because I've been guilty of this. This is why I'm going to call on my own thoughts of, of craziness over the years. Like, I think there's almost like an, a bit of an obsession around scaling and just growing. Like, I want to I want to go bigger and faster and, you know, all this side of things. And because I've said that in the past, like, come on, let's just grow it. Let's just grow and just been hell bent on this idea of growing, especially when you're especially when you're in a space or a market in an industry where, you know, there is a huge amount of scale and growth potential. 
Mm. And I think when you understand the, that there is potential there, there almost is a, a tendency to want to chase after that, you know? And I think I, I've been guilty in the past of like, you, you said it perfectly just, just when you were just talking there is like, do you even know what scaling will entail? Like, have you, because yeah. if you haven't, if you haven't done it before, yeah, you can think about scaling as this big and exciting thing. But if you've never been to that stage, like, do you even know, like, are you aware of what has to happen or what has, you have to be focusing on to reach that point? I think it's such a great, great topic. It's like you say, I, I can look at me and think, yeah, I've been hell bent on scale and had no idea what that even means to reach that point, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And so I think that, you know, just kind of pre preframe this conversation for me, when I look at a business, I see there's, there's really three phases. There's start, there's grow and then there's scale. And I see those as distinct from each other. And each one of them has distinct um, things that you need to do, right? In the start phase, right? You're coming from idea to see whether you can get people to pay you for that idea. Like how, how much can you um, uh, develop an idea into a market, right? How can right. you create that? that traction, that initial, like, Hey, you've got something I want it. I'm going to pay you for it. Right. And that's, and that's a key objective in that startup phase. And we're not really going to get into that so much today. I think we had, uh, one of the shows that we referenced on, uh, our 200th episode show. If you guys are looking for more startup stuff, uh, go to the episode with Sean Castrina, which I think was a great episode on really how to think about starting. But once, once you've started something and you've got, you know, some traction going, um, then this is where I think people like, okay, cool. People like my idea, let's scale. And it's like, you're not ready right. for that at that <laughs> point. Okay. Like um, I made a hundred sales. We're ready to go. <laughs> let's do it. Right. Let's take this thing to the moon. And, and I want you to take it to the moon, but you've got to, you can move through the steps as fast as possible. But if you skip the steps, that's when you're going to have, um, uh, a problem. Okay. And so growth is distinct from scale in my mind because growth is perfecting the model and building the infrastructure that will be required to scale, right? And, and these stages overlap to a certain extent. But if you'll imagine that, you know, you're going to need to say, okay, well, we've got the five pillars of our business, marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. If you haven't figured out the some of the systems in those areas of the business, when you try to scale, meaning like what is scale really? Scale is adding more volume to what you're already doing, right? It's 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 putting more throughput through your business system. And if you don't have the systems in place yet, then it's going to be very difficult. And there's going to be a lot of um, there's just going to be a lot of turmoil right. more than is more than is necessary. Right. Um, and so that's uh, that's a, a key piece of growth is to say, okay, how do we really finalize the model of the business such that if we add more in, we know what the predictable result is going to be, right? right? That's yeah. the challenge yeah. and that's the objective of the growth phase. And well, I, I, I just think just to, just to jump in quick, I think you've just made a really, really good and nice, clear just, just sentence in what you say there about what does actual scale mean to add more volume? Because I, I would imagine, you know, I, again, looking at myself and I think a lot of people would be similar, when we think about the idea of scale, a lot of times that's attached to more money, just increasing mm -hmm. the money. Like, mm -hmm. let's scale this up and blow up the bank account. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you, you know, just that one single thing you've just said there, I think a lot of people that feel maybe that way and they feel like, am I ready? Like, let's just blow this thing up. Like, I think that one small thought there of like adding more volume into what we already have. I think if people, even just that first piece, just to step back and say, don't just think about blowing up the bank account, more volume in that. Let's think about adding more volume to every component of this business mm -hmm. in the way that it currently operates. Like, I think just that one thought there, people might immediately start to think differently about being a being in a position or being ready to scale. Yeah, absolutely. Because it you really need to make sure that things are stress tested right. before you scale, right? Yeah. Uh, J-Rock here said, big boy shorts and clean undies are needed for <laughs> scaling. Um, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, we could just pack up the show right now, actually. I think that yeah, there we go. summarizes how you know when you're, raised, you, you're wearing your big boy shorts. But um, <laughs> but I think I think the uh, the point of you know thinking about am I ready to scale is it's not just about am I excited to grow faster, add more money to the bank account, all these other things. Because um, I think the thing that most people don't see is the problems that come with scaling. Scaling right. scaling is not without problems, right? Yeah. You're you're going to have more customers, which means more problems. You're probably going to have a bigger team, which means more problems. You're going to have like more logistics, more you know challenges in every area of the business. And if those areas haven't been stress tested, mm. then how do you know you're ready? Right. Yeah. Right. Very true. You gotta. Very. You gotta know. Like a you know a great example um, uh, that I'll use from uh, you know your business if I if I can on the cosmetic side of things is you know every e-commerce business is eventually going to have some kind of challenges with their supply chain, their inventory, or something like that, right? And if you haven't thought through, well, how do we deal with supply chain issues? How do we deal with inventory issues? Not, I'm not even just talking about uh, like the cash side of things. I'm talking about, can we actually get the inventory to sell? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of businesses, especially when you think back last year, people struggling with you know, uh, major supply chain disruption. Oh gosh. Yeah. Were like, uh, I can't get my product to my people. Right. And so what's your degree of confidence that you can do these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I think that in the, in the abundance of excitement that everybody seems to have about scaling, very few people ask the questions, how do I know? How do I know when I'm ready? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, very true. <coughs> I think um, <coughs> I'm excuse, excuse us while Dean uh, passes out from whatever's <laughs> going on there. It's allergy season here. Okay, you got to bear with me. I'm like, you're looking. I'm not crying. So, um, no, I think uh, like you know when you just just look at this, you, what the uh, the cosmetic side of things. You know, I, I think because I've got a couple the couple of different businesses. I think one of them is easier to to analyze in terms of am I ready to scale? But I can I can say that like it's not always so obvious in in some business models. I I don't think you know you just said they're like 
product supply chain. I think that's quite an, you know, somebody with a physical product business that, you know, they've got manufacturing or supply chains. I think, you know, the idea of scaling that, I think you would, you would probably easily think, well, okay, well, we need more product. But I think some people that are going to be listening to this probably don't as easily see what areas of their business they need to necessarily look at. So is there a, you know, just th just throwing this up in the air for us, for us to talk about, is there then some, some guidance or some things that we can talk about in terms of being able to start to look at these areas then? And, and what are these key areas that people might need to look at first? If they feel that they're ready to scale, they have, you know, gone out to market, they've got some good results and they've got this, this excitement in them. Yeah, we've got a winner. We're ready to scale this business up. Like, what are these steps then that people need to be looking at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the, um, the the way that I look at everything is these five pillars, right? Marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. And on the uh, the e-commerce, the product side of things, you know, the supply chain is part of delivery. But let's say right. let's say you have a service business. Let's say you're an agency. In fact, I work with a you know a a Facebook agency that's that's growing and making an effort to scale right now. The delivery on that is who's doing the service delivery, right? Who is right. the person who's actually delivering the thing, making it work, um, all that sort of stuff. And uh, and so in that particular type of business, if you can't find more people to do the job, you're not going to be able to scale. Right? right. You're not you're not going to be able to just plug people in to scale. Like think about, you know, McDonald's, for example. Right. So there's McDonald's is, you know, pre predominantly, you know, a, a product business. But there's people that are required to fulfill or is it a real estate business. Oh ah, I don't even know. Ah, right. Mystery. But let's but let's just say that, you know, uh, we take the how to get the hamburgers and the buns and the cheese and everything like off the table. Like they got that on lockdown. One of the things that's happening uh, right now, actually, here in the U.S., I'm not sure if it's going on for you, um, is a lot of these, you know, kind of fast food restaurants and fast casual restaurants and even local shops and things are not open all the time or they're having reduced hours or something like that because people aren't working right now. Right. There were right. like unemployment benefits and, you know, COVID and all this other stuff. And so um, so if you don't have the people to do the job, then yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be a limiting factor on your skill, right? Right, right, yeah. Um, if you uh, if you have a product business and you can't get the inventory, that's gonna be a limiting factor on your skill. And that's not the only limiting factor, right? That's like how do we deliver the thing? But then the other question, if we go back to the five five pillars, right? Marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. Well, what about operationally? Like how, how are all the pieces being coordinated? And if we just add a bunch of stress on mm. top of the system, what's going to break first? Right? right. And I think that's, that's the way that I look at, um, you know, being able to, uh, being able to grow and scale is how likely are we to break if we add 50% more, a hundred percent more, double it, triple it. Right. And one of the reasons that, um, you know, like software companies, are able to scale once they get their their core thing in place is because adding more people to a certain extent does not necessarily mean we have to do more work 
right? We're just like, right. it's the the technology side. So, so I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I definitely think that <clears throat> doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. You have to say, well, what is the delivery of the thing that people are paying us for? Right. And, and where is the limiting factor on that? And how do we address that? Yeah, no, I, no, I love that. And I think, you know, one of, one of the things that's sort of coming out of that for me, because I, I think it's funny, like sometimes people are thinking about scaling and they, they probably really aren't yet ready. And not yeah. because they're not actually ready, as in they don't have a proven offer. I would imagine there's some people that probably aren't fully clear on their entire process of selling and delivering and, you know, everything involved in what they do to produce the result. I think some people are going to have, in order to assess this and, and go through what we're talking about, I think some people are going to have to take a step back almost to get really, really clear on A to B on the whole journey of what they do as a business, whatever business people are in, you know, being very, very clear on the steps of, of everything that takes place. Because I think from, from what you're saying here, like I'm a, I'm one of those people I like to run through. If I was doing this sort of process and thinking like, am I ready to scale? I'm the kind of person that goes through like example scenarios in my head, like theoretical scenarios, as in, you know, in my mind, if I wanted to scale, I'd be thinking, okay, if I'm doing a hundred sales a day right now, if we were making 500 sales a day, how might that look? So that I haven't got to go out and do it to find out what breaks. If I'm clear on what I do to, to sell 100 products a day, if I were to just magically say, okay, 5X everything, what, what, what would go wrong? Where would, where would the pains and problems become? But I think I can only do that because I'm very clear on what I'm doing to currently sell 100 products a day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so what 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 would your thoughts be on on that kind of process? Does that sound dangerous to you that I would, you know, that's how I would do it? Or is that, you know, a way that you would recommend just kind of theoretically saying, okay, I'm at a hundred sales a day. Let's five exit all theoretically and just see what might that look like. Is that is that an approach you'd recommend? Or absolutely. I think that's I think that's a great way to look at it. And I would just look at it across the five dimensions of the business. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, what okay, if I were gonna do this, what's required for marketing? in order to make that happen? Is it anything or is it just like uptick in our ad spend? Can we scale our ad spend, right? Because right. that's that's an issue and a challenge sometimes too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything differently that we're gonna have to do on a sales side? It, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to go from, you know, 100 whatevers to 500, do I have to uh, hire another salesperson? Are we selling over the phone? Like, how are we selling this? Like, what's our sales conversion mechanism? And can that sales conversion mechanism handle more throughput? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Then on the delivery side, we kind of talked about that already, right? Great. Is it, you know, more products? Do, can we get, is the inventory available? Is the supply chain strong? Do we have redundancy in the supply chain? Like we're, you know, we're uh, just to, on a side note, we're dealing with an incredibly and potentially business fatal thing on the Rose business right now. Um, because our supply chain is completely knocked out because there's massive political instability in Colombia where we have our farm. And uh, like, we can't even get workers out to the farm right now without them like legitimately like potentially being in a life threatening situation. And yeah. And so it's like, okay, this is highlighted for, for me at least. Well, great. Like where's our redundancy there? You know, if one of our, you know, suppliers, you know, sort of ditches or, is unavailable like we're experiencing right now. And so then, you know, operationally, like what else? 
How easy is it for us to onboard employees or contractors or the help that we're going to need in order to keep things going? And then the, you know, the finance side really is oversight. But the point that you're making is, yes, what would this look like if it were, you know, 10x, 20x, 30x, whatever? Great. But then look at that across those five different dimensions. And mm-hmm. uh, and then it becomes your the questions that you're asking become more specific. Right. right? You know? Um, so that's, that's definitely the way I would look at it with like, you know, kind of giving it a little bit more specificity. Yeah, no, no, that, no, that's perfect. I think, um, to me, what's, what's, what's coming out of this again, just as another side thought is people, depending on what they're doing, everybody's business model is going to be different listening to this, but sounds like ultimately that before people do go ahead and scale, they want to really have all their ducks in a row as it were with the level that they're currently at, right? You know, if you're in a, a product business, do you do you have a stable, secure manufacturing and, and, and product, you know, development line? You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, because I think a lot of times, again, people fixate so much on just growing the money, the idea of scale. I don't think a lot of times people will often think about the things that you're talking about here. I don't think people, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, let's just grow this thing. Okay, what about the strain on this area, the strain on this? Like nobody's, I don't think, I've been in a lot of conversations about scale and not a lot of, like a lot of the focus just seems to be in that money area, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, and that's the exciting part. And that's why you're doing it, right? Because you want your business to grow. But you also, you know, scaling a business prematurely could completely, you know, bankrupt you. It could take the business down. Like there there could be major problems if you scale prematurely too. And I, and I don't necessarily think like everything has to be in place. I think you need to have a a healthy amount of it in place, but you also have to be going through this critical thinking to ask yourself what's likely going to happen so that we could start preparing for it. right? Right now, just because if I go from, you know, hundred units a day to 500 units a day, and I know I'm going to need more salespeople, for example, doesn't mean I just go out and hire all the salespeople first, but it means that I need to have at least a degree of confidence. Where are they going to be coming from? How am I going to make sure that they're being trained? All these other things so that as we're growing, we're like we're growing into the plans that we've created, um, not just like, oh, man, I can't believe all this stuff is falling apart now. Right. You know, and that's and that's the thing where I think people get tripped up is they're like, oh, man, like everything's falling apart. I'm like, well, like, did you not think about this for two <laughs> minutes beforehand? No, like, I was what, ready to scale. Like what happens if we're successful? Right. Right. Which is yeah. a question that <laughs> I don't think a lot of people ask. Right. <laughs> people are always like worried, like what happens if we fail? What happens if we fail? OK, deal with that. You should have yeah. a plan for that. Just as much, you should have a plan for what happens if we succeed. Yes. Ah. Oh, that's such a good thing. You're right. So many people are like, okay, well, look, let's really try this. And if it doesn't work, it's okay because we'll just scale back here. We'll do this. We'll do this. And it's like, okay, I feel comfortable growing now because if all goes wrong, I know what I'm going to do. But like, you're right. There's another side to this. Like, what if it does work out? What if it does go the way that you're hoping? You're going into this because you want to grow. You think you're ready to scale. You've done everything to the best of your ability. But like, why haven't you thought about the impact of it going well? Heck, yeah. what if you what if you underestimated 
your ability to scale when you take the steps you're about to step take. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's a exactly. very different side to failing, isn't there? It can be like, whoo, there's another rate scale. Yeah, and and I think it's because people think uh, there's a there's a, a tendency for people to think that success comes without problems. Success mm-hmm. is solving one problem but creating another one. Like that's really what happens. You're just like, oh, here's a new problem. And you're like, ah, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen, right? And so nobody's planning for success because they're not anticipating the fact that there are problems that are likely to happen when they are successful. Um, but there are, you know, there's there's always going to be other challenges and things. And so, um, you know, you and I, I won't, I won't mention him, but you and I both know somebody um, who was growing a business and things took off and the marketing side, the sales side started scaling, but the, the other dimensions of the business couldn't keep up with it. And, uh, they wound up going under, they wound up having tens of thousands of customer complaints, uh, lawsuits, like all sorts of things. Right. And if, you know, if you're not stress testing as you go, then you're going to deal with those problems. And, and I think, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard, uh, people talk about like, choose your hard, they're like, you know, yeah. you can you can choose to work out every day and eat healthy or you're choosing to like get sick and be unhealthy or you could choose this. And and it's like whatever you do, it's going to be hard. Yeah. So choose yeah. your hard. Right. Yeah. Just be like man up. And pick it. And I think that with with scaling, people are hoping that it's no longer going to be hard. And mm-hmm. so they don't they don't do the hard work deliberately. They, but then it just comes and smacks them in the face. And yeah. so I'm not trying to scare anybody from scaling here because I think oh, it's- Oh, no, the, we are. Be, be afraid. Well, <laughs> I, 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 am, I am just, I am wanting to make sure that people have a clear, just like an honest appraisal of what that means. Yes. You know, and yeah. really take stock of whether, whether they're ready. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're not, like I can tell you like, you can end up growing something that you hate. Like, and not, and not only, not only just like talking about things breaking here, but if you haven't thought things through about the the impact of scale, and you go ahead and do it, and things work out, and things grow, and you have the capacity, and you know, think about, think everything through. And again, like you say, this isn't to put people off scaling. Like, we want people's businesses to grow. You know, it's a lot about what this show's about is helping people's businesses grow, but there's definitely a huge side to this whole component of like making sure that you've thought things through, you're planned, you're clear on the outcomes, good and bad, and you you go into it. You know, it's like, like what do we always talk about? Like going into things with the understanding of what you're going into, you know, not blindly just diving into stuff is going into stuff with a degree of confidence. So we're not saying you have to be a hundred out of a hundred and have crossed off everything and know everything, but get yourself what 60, 70, 80% confidence that you've thought things through. And there's going to be un- unknowns. You know, if you're, if you're scaling and doing something you've never done, which I think a lot of times people are scaling for the first time in a, in a business or an industry that they've never scaled into. And there's an element there that you're never going to know it all, but you've got to know some, you know, you've got to be on top of a lot of these things and have at least given it the attention it needs rather than just blindly, like I've done in the past, admittedly, just been like, let's scale this thing. We've got something that works. Grow, grow, grow. You know, that's a, a recipe usually for disaster in some way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think just like 
getting getting down to nuts and bolts, um, you know, going across the five dimensions, you know, um, on marketing, I would say until you have two two reliable sources of customer acquisition, you're probably not to the point where you're ready to scale. You could scale one source of that, which is great, mm-hmm. but how how are you going to build um, on one one single source, right? Like you know, I've seen so many times people get wiped out with their Facebook ads or years ago, everyone got wiped out with their, you know, the stuff they were doing with Google. Right. People, people get wiped out with all these different things all the time. And so it's, what is, what is the likelihood that our traffic sources are going to continue to provide us new customers, uh, new prospects and new customers. And, 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 you know, you got to figure that out before you're going to say, okay, let's add tons of fuel to the fire. Right, because here's yeah. the risk with this. Let's say that you have one reliable traffic source, and um, and you're all in on that traffic source. Then what you're going to do is you're going to beef up your infrastructure because your sales volume is high because of this one traffic source. Right, and then the traffic source gets shut off or disrupted or changes or something, and then what are you left with? You're left with significant expense and overhead that's not supported because you only had one traffic source. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's the risk. So it's not like, Oh man, you know, cause there's going to be people who are listening to this and like, well, you know, we're, you know, we're growing and we're, you know, you can't even keep up with us. And all we do is run Facebook ads and that's like, okay, that's great. If you don't have a significant amount of infrastructure and overhead required to support that. But what happens when you place an order for your inventory that's, you know, a quarter million dollars or half a million dollars or something like that, and now your traffic source gets shut off and you're sitting there with a quarter or half a million dollars worth of inventory that you can't move. Yeah. And and a team of customer service people and a whole bunch of other things. Like that's that's some serious stress, right? Yeah. And so I would say at minimum you know, get, get, it's great that you've got one traffic source, get another traffic source. And I'm not just talking about paid traffic here. Traffic is like, how do we get people? Right. Right. You know, it could, it could be, I have affiliates like you teach people how to do. It could be, you know, I've got partnerships, integration partners. It could be, you know, I'm really, really awesome at direct mail. It could be like whatever, but where are people coming from? And if the only place that people are coming from is one source of which you're not in control, it's not really a matter of if things are going to become a problem for you. It's a matter of when. And it becomes a magnified problem if you've built an entire infrastructure of your business off of the success that you've had on one traffic source. And that's where that's where you see people who are like, oh, like, you know, I'm uh, I'm cycling as an entrepreneur. Right, they're like, oh, I built up that business, and then the bottom just fell out underneath me. It's it's unlikely that the you know that the bottom just falls out of things, right? Without you like having some hand in the matter, right? That like yeah. I think the thing that amuses me about that is it's almost a reluctance to take personal responsibility for the poor <laughs> decisions that you made that led you there, right? Yeah, but but right. that's how but that's how people learn, and hopefully you don't do it again. Right. So I think that's like that's one is you've got to have, um, you know, more two or more reliable traffic sources in that first dimension of the business in order to really be able to say, OK, 
we're ready to scale. Um, I got, I want to go into the other dimensions, but I'm curious what you think about the, the marketing side. <laughs> Yada just commented in the comments. She says, D- Dean's beard looks extra bushy today. Was the ride in on the noble steed a little rougher than usual? I had, <laughs> yeah. I, there was very, very first thing that I said when I saw him today, I said, his facial hair sort of went like this and mine went away. <laughs> I could fluff this up like this. This is true down. That's sort of tamed, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a beast. But um, but no, just on on what you've said, I think that's actually perfect. It's funny. It's funny you say this because uh, that's the situation that we're currently in with our cosmetics business. We literally, you know, we started just with Facebook ads. And right now we still only have Facebook ads, you know, and you're absolutely right because this is a conversation I've had in the last couple of weeks because due to, you know, a few little shaky things going on with Facebook right now, you know, our cosmetics business, we're definitely seeing some negative impact of some of the things going off with Facebook through our advertising and our costs uh, of getting customers have gone up. And already with a business that doesn't have a huge profit margin right now, that's been a, a real problem for us, you know, and, and one of the things I've been saying is like, huh. It's a bit of a pain in the ass that we only have this one source right now, isn't it? You know, because we don't know, is this only Facebook? I'm literally flying blind right now because I have no other point of reference to look at from things we're doing. We pinned ourselves in right now with this one source. And it's like, yeah, we've we've been trying to grow with this one source. So not only do I agree with you, I'm living it right now. You're absolutely right that that is a dangerous way to go into scaling the business. You know, mm-hmm. things happen. And as much as we're talking, you know, this whole conversation about a lot of times getting in control and having clarity and you know, all this stuff that we're talking about, but you don't control every element. If you, When you are using third-party things, as a part of your business, like Facebook or Google or whatever, for your source of traffic, you can't remain ever at 100% in control of that. You are in some degree at the mercy of these platforms. And that's that's just a component of it. So if you only have one platform and something untoward happens to go off, it might be, yeah, you get your ad account shut down. It might be something wonky goes off that Apple decides to fight Facebook on data and privacy and go into war. And you're sat back like, whoa, what did I do wrong? Well, in this case, you did nothing wrong other than you put yourself at the mercy of this one place that was fueling your business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're like such an important point. I'm so glad you touched on that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And 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 uh, and at some point you are going to be dependent on one thing. Right. Early oh, on. Yeah. Right. Like when you're starting. But the idea of the, the from going from the startup phase to the the growth phase to scale. Right. The growth phase is where you should be adding the other sources. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. where you should be creating that redundancy um, and that stability so that when you do turn on the gas, when like you kind of like open it up a little bit more, you've got you've got something that's resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, you know, that's that's the idea of the growth phase. But everybody's just like start scale. I'm like, wait a second. Where where did the missing piece we're missing pieces in here. And that's how come many businesses uh, crumble like a house of cards because they did, they didn't grow. They just started and sort of inflated. Yes. And they're hollow. Um, And that doesn't, that doesn't work well over the long term. Um, So, uh, so yeah, so that, that dimension on marketing, then on sales, you know, I think this, uh, this is just as important as like, well, what's, What's your sales conversion mechanism like? How 
how reliable is that and how likely is it to be able to withstand the pressure of more volume coming in from your marketing efforts, right? You know, if, um, if your sales are strictly dependent on doing in-person events, you know, if anything that anyone should have learned from last year is that maybe you want another sales mechanism in place, right? right? Like you have to have more than one sales conversion mechanism, just like you have to have more than one, you know, uh, lead conversion mechanism. And so, uh, you know, it's, I think that's another thing to say, okay, like, are we really ready to scale? Um, because again, you could be putting all of your trap. Let's say, let's say you did diversify all your traffic. Great. But all of your traffic is going into a potentially, uh, limited sales conversion mechanism, right? Like we're overly, we're overly dependent on just doing in-person events. We've never explored phone sales. We've never explored, you know, online webinars. We've never explored, you know, doing any of these things. The second any of that stuff gets knocked out, now you've got plenty of interest, but you've got no way to convert that interest. And then you're still sitting on the pile of expenses on the backside. Um, so it's a, you know, similar problem, but for different reasons. And that's why, you know, having a level of, uh, you know, least a couple different ways that we could potentially close people into being customers um, is, is helpful. You know, like what would you do if all of your websites went down? Like, would you still, be able, to, would you still be able to sell stuff? Right. How quickly, how quickly could you develop a call floor that could handle some of that volume or something? And I'm not saying again, that all of these things need to be in place, but these, these are the signs of maturity as you go through the growth phase mm. and you're preparing to scale. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, just to point out an interesting thing, because I've, you know, I've definitely, you know, you have so much more experience in these areas than me. But I think one of the things that I, I love about this conversation for people is if for, for people that this conversation's right for, you know, meaning the timing is right for people and, and the right people will know that this conversation, oh, this is just what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't you don't understand until you go through and you've tried to scale something for the first time, you actually don't understand how much things can break and 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 these areas, right? It's like you've just said there about the the traffic aspect, the marketing aspect. It, I mean, I can sit here now and be like, oh yeah, you're so right. That's such a great piece of advice. Six months ago, I'd have been like, oh, that sounds interesting. I've not thought about that, you know. And it's only because mm-hmm. I'm going through it now. So I think you know, it's, people. Uh, hopefully, the, you know, they're like I say the right people are really. Uh, taking taking some of this on board because it's not again I, I appreciate some of this can sound like oh this sounds quite scary you're trying to put me off scaling it's not it's it's preparing you in the right way you know i think that's such an important thing for people to take on board yeah absolutely and and again it's just like how do we how do we go into this with our eyes open yes right, right. <clears throat> here's what potentially could go wrong here's what could potentially stop this from working how do we improve the odds of success Right. And then be right. prepared for that success and not let it catch us, catch us off guard. Um, you know, third dimension del- delivery, we kind of talked about already. But, you know, if you don't have a clear way of, um, you know, let's say you're in the a service business, finding finding people, sourcing people who are going to help, plugging them into a system that works for them to be productive and effective, then, 
you know, you're not ready, right? right? Similarly, if all of your inventory is dependent on one supplier, you're going to have problems. You know, right. you should have a couple suppliers. Like who who else could help? Who could right. be on, you know, who could be on, you know, the second string ready to be tapped on the shoulder if something goes wrong with our primary supplier? Yeah. Um, you know, and and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, there's a there's a theme here that that is suggesting that redundancy or the uh, the plan for redundancy will help create a more sustainable scaling process um, right. so that you can get what you want. But the other thing that we really haven't touched on yet, uh, which I think is just as important, and we'll you know we kind of get into the other two dimensions if we want to, but is simplicity. Yeah. The, the the more simple your model is and the more simple it is to create that redundancy the easier it's going to be to scale yes you know i think we spoke a lot haven't we about the the beauty the what is it simplicity is the ultimate complexity oh, no did i say that the wrong way around i think you might yeah <laughs> i somehow messed that up some <laughs> I, I uh i think maybe that's not it exactly um somewhere I think in there was something good simplicity is the ultimate sophistication Perhaps like that. maybe yeah. simplicity equals complexity. Everyone's like, hmm. I have, to, <laughs> I have to think about that a little bit. <laughs> but no, like there is in my in my experience, there is always a tendency for people to overcomplicate. And it's not like anybody sets out like, oh, let's really complicate this thing. Let's really make it a mess. But it just seems to naturally happen. It seems to be such the common path is that when we start adding all these you know, we start adding extra things in We're all we are adding extra levels of potential complexity. It's like, you know, I look at with our cosmetic side, I think it almost seems like every time we plan out the next product or a new product, it's not just adding like one extra thing like, oh, it's a product. It's now adding like, OK, the, the packaging for this thing, this thing, this thing. It's like so many levels of extra stuff involved from adding one more thing. You know, and so I think, you know, there is there is going to be that element to this. And I think to me, I like to keep keep it simple at the forefront of my mind. Not only am I going to do this thing, but how do I make it as simple as is possible? I think it's a really important part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, simplicity equals scalability. Like Ooh, there we go. I think that's what I said, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I think, you know, that those are, this is like the conversation. I'm, I'm so happy that we had this conversation because one, I don't feel like people are really talking about this and it's just <clears throat> on the billboard of business success. It's all like, here's how exciting it's going to be. And yeah. the fine print is all the stuff that is biting people in the ass every single day. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's not that this can't be done. Like the last thing in the world I'm here to do is to discourage people from trying to scale their companies. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that people are being thoughtful about it so that yes. their companies last. And so that they have companies and they don't want to like yeah. run themselves over with their own car because they hate their life so much, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, Einstein said, intellectuals solve problems, but geniuses prevent them. <laughs> and I think that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom in that statement, right? Yeah. How do we prevent the problems that we know are coming? 
And it's hard to prevent those problems that you, if you don't know that they're coming. Right. Sure. And I, and I yeah. think that was, you know, that was sort of the other motivation for having this conversation today is say like, yeah, like make it through the growth phase. Right. And the growth phase is about really narrowing in on that, that model that, you know, getting the different sources of the customers, converting them to, you know, to be paying customers and, uh, you know, all those things. And, and there's going to be new things that are popping up that are informing that model. And then scaling is about like, okay, we're, we're really clear. We're really deliberate what we're doing here. And we have some of these redundancies put in place. Like, let's, let's really like, let's really drive this thing now. And, mm. and even culturally, you know, we didn't touch on that a whole lot, but culturally scaling is different than growing. Growing is, uh, I think for many entrepreneurs, the most exciting part because you're, you know, you're, you're brainstorming with your team, you're collaborating with people, you're like figuring things out. There's just like this feeling of like, you know, let's get it done. Right. You know, and, and scaling is, uh, is, is exciting too, but it's in a different way. Mm. It's less about, okay, now we're like solving all these new problems and we're figuring things out. It's more like, all right, how do we double down on what's working? How do we, you know, continue to put, emphasis on the things that are making the difference and that will require more systems and process. And, and many people are like, Oh my God, like, I don't want to deal with process. Like process scares me. And it's <laughs> call like, James. Okay, call James. Yeah. You could call me for sure. Um, cause that's really what my middle initial is. Right. Process. <laughs> or um, princess. We can't figure it out yet. I think we figured it out. I think you're just one of the holdouts that doesn't know. Um, but, but it's, uh, it's going to change things. Right. Right. In order to scale, you are going to have more systems and process in place. And if you're resisting systems and process, then you should bring somebody else in who can take the baton and run with it because you got it through the growth phase, which is hugely, uh, you know, challenging and very exciting that anybody makes it through that growth phase. Sure. Right. So there's nothing to be like, Oh, like I, you know, I I've, I've gone into so many companies where it's like time for them to scale and they're having challenges and it's because they're not bringing a scaling mindset with them. They're bringing the growth mindset and the scaling mindset is like, okay, we need to like strip out inefficiencies. We need to create more process. We need to make sure there's more systems in place. And those people are like, Oh man, it's not fun anymore. Like it feels like work. It just feels like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it might feel not fun to you, but, for somebody else, that is their fun. So like right. bring, you know, bring those people in. So I think there's definitely a big cultural impact on scaling as well. And not every team is ready for it. And certainly not every founder is right. ready for that either. They're like yeah. part of the problem in many cases. Yeah. They're like, I, I want to go back to like shooting from my hip and flying <laughs> by the seat of my pants. It's like, okay, cool. Like gracefully exit this, get somebody else in who's ready to take it to the next level because you built something a value and then go work on another project and take it through the growth phase. Like if that's what your specialty is and that's what you love then do that. You right. know, you, no, nobody says you have to be the person Not who's right. sure. doing, doing the whole thing and running the company its entire life cycle. Yeah, no, no, I love that. I love that a lot. And I think, um, you know, in my experience, just thinking about it or the limited amounts of experience I've had, but a few times, I would go as far to say, I don't know if you agree with this, I could just trash the whole episode now in saying this, but I believe that 
most businesses that reach or are going through that growth phase and they're, you know, the idea of scaling is exciting them. I don't think, I haven't seen any businesses work at scale in the way they have been working at that stage. Like it literally, like so many things are going to break. Like so many things are going to go wrong in the scale phase. Yeah. Like it, and like that again is not to scare people, but this whole conversation that we've been having, like you have to take some of this on board, everybody listening, if you're at that point, because I just like I haven't been able to take a business that was working amazingly well, profitably, everything's running nice, like streamlined, everything's great, and then started scaling it and it's continued to work in that same way. You know, I've had I've had one of my businesses, everything's worked other than the fact that, oh, it's now no longer profitable at scale. Like mm -hmm. literally everything's working well. We're delivering the whole operation looks smooth, but we're not making any money anymore. Right. You know, and like that, that's just been my experience is things are going to break at scale and you probably not, not going to be able to predict everything mm -hmm. until you get there, but you can be prepared. You can go into it, as you've said, James, with your eyes wide open, but go into it, understanding that like what we've built probably isn't going to work in this same way when we try and push things forwards. Is that something that you would agree with or am I kind of? Brilliant? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's a different ball of wax. And, uh, you know, I, I talk to people a lot, you know, in those five dimensions of, you know, whether they're at red, yellow, or green. And mm. when you're, when you're scaling what used to be green, you know, where you had systems that were working, producing consistent results and all that, and you start growing past that certain stage, it's not going to be green anymore. It's going to like, it's going to drop down and the systems are going to need to be recalibrated and updated and people and roles and things might need to change. And so there's like, there's so many moving pieces and parts that to think that things aren't going to break as you scale, I think is really, really naive. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not a bad thing, you know, right the fact that there are things that need to be addressed as you're growing and scaling is as it's supposed to be. Like yeah. you're not doing anything wrong because things are breaking. You're doing things wrong by not paying attention to them. Yes. If, you know, you're doing things wrong by not thinking about what's going to break. Yeah. But the things that are breaking is like, yeah, this wasn't built for scale. This was built right. for growth to refine our model. Now we have to build something for scale. Yeah. No, I love it. And I, um, you know, just, I know we've not got long left before we round up, but uh, I've, I've recently read um, this book by Mark Randolph, the guy that co-founded or started Netflix. Mm. Uh, he's got a great book. It's called That'll Never Work. And, and he talks about this. You know, he talks about how they first began Netflix and how he was saying, you know, what they first created, they knew very early on, like what we've built is never going to work if we try and grow this. But they wanted to prove their concept, the concept of the business, uh, ahead of time. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up wrap right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Dean's got to take a call. He's been waiting on for days. Uh, so we're going to wrap up right now. You guys, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate you being here. Um, if this was useful, uh, or you've got any questions, just drop them in the comments here on the, uh, the YouTube channel that we have. And, uh, we appreciate you guys. We will talk with you guys next time. See you everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. 
And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.